You are now listening to the Bunt, the People's Podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, and that's Vans, baby. All right, Cater, so 100 kickflips later in the Vans Authentic Pro, right? Yeah, they're, they're not even phased. Spring is in the air, so y'all know it's time for a new jacket, and Vans has the answer. It's the brand new drill chore coat made tough for routine destruction. The life of a skateboarder thrives on destruction. Whether it's a curb, a wall, a rail, or anything in our way, skaters demand the toughest protection for everyday use. Enter Van's new drill chore coat. Inspired by the routine wear and tear skateboarders endure, and specifically engineered with Cordura brand fabric and reinforced stitching for maximum durability, this classic coat will withstand all the abuse a skateboarder can throw its way while keeping the timeless aesthetic of the chore coat's blue-collar beginnings. If it's good enough for fashion icon Gilbert Crockett's closet, then it's got to be good enough for ours. Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. nightmares have come true in studio e we saw the writing on the wall this was our destiny me and the ghost are meeting up in the semi-finals of our fantasy basketball league could be some dark days ahead inside studio e a uh, good thing we're going to montreal bunking up together for a couple nights during our matchup i'm sure it's going to be real pleasant good luck to both of us somehow Y'all know what it is. I'm D Jones. He's the ghost. As always, we've got Ants One behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. We got a true legend in the building this week, man, and a story that needed to be told. Tell the people what's going on. Oh, man. It's such a fucking honor and privilege to have none other than my boy Colt Cannon, aka Colty Bears, aka Coltron 3030, Halo and skateboarding legend in studio e then we taking y'all straight to the post office and you know how we do ending it with the rundown make sure to like us on facebook at the bunt follow us on instagram at the bunt live and get those emails and voice notes into the bunt live at gmail.com with all that said y'all know what time it is chpo brand has boxes to send and here's this week's question who in their rapid fire said their dream job after skateboarding was being Elon Musk. I mean, I think that's all of our dream jobs, but y'all go back, find the skater, CHPO brand, wants to put some diamonds on your wrist, some hater blockers over your eyes. It's springtime, baby. Y'all gotta shine like us. Go peep their Instagram to get inspired. It'll make you want to enter these contests weekly because they got nothing but fire for your wrists and eyes. At CHPO brand, you heard? Like we said, we got Colt Cannon in the building this week. His career was cut way too short, and we had to go back and get the details on what we all missed. Legend from the early 2000s, Colt is like a big bro to me in the skate game. I went and stayed with him when I was 17 in San Diego, and we've been buddies ever since. It was only a matter of time before we got him on the show. 
The skate world hasn't heard much from him these past 10 years or so. So I'm really happy to deep dive with him and let the people know what's up with Colt. Only one thing left to do, baby. Quick trip to the fridge and get ourselves some frosty green cans. <laughs> oh, you talking Canada's premium Pilsner? <laughs> Steam whistle. The only buzz. Skateboarding lost a true legend this past week, someone we had the absolute honor of interviewing and featuring on our pod, Jake Phelps, the one and only Phelpers. Man, you will be forever missed. I wish we got to meet Jake in person, but I'm so glad we got the opportunity to talk to him. Definitely changed our lives for the better. He lived his life to the fullest and loved skateboarding more than anyone. And I think we should try and do the same for Jake. Thanks again for everything you've done for skateboarding and for us. Unfortunately and very sadly, we also lost our good friend Dave Sterling that we grew up skating with here in Toronto. Rest in peace, brother. Sadly, Jesse Deschamplain also passed away. West Coast legendary skater. This is just a terribly sad last couple of weeks for skateboarding as a whole. Our condolences to everyone's loved ones. Skateboarding is going to miss you. And we definitely want to dedicate this episode to all of you. All right, y'all, we got Colt Cannon in the building. I mean, I just met you, but can I call you Colty Bears too, or is that just a you and safer thing? No, just you can call me Colty Bears. I love it. All right, we got Colty <laughs> Bears in the building. Man, we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate and your favorite sports moment. I don't know. I, I would say the San Francisco Giants in 2010 when they won the World Series. That was, that was good for me because they haven't won a World Series since I've been alive. And I need all my Bay Area teams to win a world championship while I'm alive. So <laughs> San Jose Sharks, they still need to do it. And... Uh, they went on a little bit of a streak after that, didn't they? Win like three times in six years? Yeah, you know, Giants? win a World Series, take a year off. Win a World Series, yeah. take a year off. Win a World Series, take a couple years off. No, a couple years. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we're on par. We're we're just we're right we're right there. What about favorite sports moment or sorry favorite skate moment? I gotta say, just like I was at a it, it, this is kind of corny, but a lot of people don't know who Phil Shaw is. But um, it was at a Redwood City Wicked demo. And Wicked used to be a skate shop um, that he rode for in Redwood City. And uh, I saw him and Paul Zawanage and whatnot. And here comes Phil Shaw just boosting probably one of the biggest frontside ollies off this quarter pipe, clean style. And that's the first time I've ever seen him. And I, I saw him in Thrasher videos and I, I looked up to him and I was like, yep. That's Phil Shaw. That's my boy. And holy shit, he just did that. And I was like lit up after that. I was like, this is, I was just so stoked like to see him live, you know. That's dope. You're still a kid at a demo. Oh, 100%, dude. I had the worst beanie on. It just didn't fit right. <laughs> it was like, it was like 10 inches off my head. And, uh, and yeah, just, just seeing those guys because, uh, a lot of people don't, I mean, think skateboards back in the day, like in the Bay Area, it was just like, they were the, they were the powerhouse for when I was growing up. And uh, I guess that would be like the 90s. And um, dude, Phil Shaw was, I mean, to me, just a god. So um, yeah, when I saw him live, dude, it was, yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. So you just mentioned the Bay Area. 
But uh, let's get into it. Where'd you come up? How did a kid growing up in, you know, with with brothers who are all into sports, basically a jock country kid, become a skateboarder? So, yeah, I grew up in like the South Bay Area, um, just like probably closer to Palo Alto, or I'm sorry, San Jose um, than San Francisco. And... You know, my family, yeah, we I had older brothers. They all played sports. They're all great at the time. And they just had this, like, janky skateboard in the garage. And I just remember grabbing out. I think I was, like, a 10, 11 years old. Just grabbed this random board and just hopped right on it. It could tic-tac. My balance was perfect. And then I just started ollieing. And my brothers looked at me before they beat my ass um, they, uh, they're just like, do that again. And, uh, yeah, it's just started kind of popping ollies and they're like, wow, we've, we've never been able to do that. I'm like, wow, it's really easy for me. <laughs> and that's when the ass beating <laughs> began. Uh, but like, no, it was, it was just, it was rad. Like, you know, early, uh, early nineties, like when I was, yeah, 12, just, just tic tac and. Yeah, the skating just came natural. It was just weird. Did you see like a video? Did you kind of know how to ollie from watching? No. Or you just, wow. No, it was, dude, just got on the board. I was like, you know, just as a kid, you're always interested in like, what can I do with this? You either try to light it on fire, throw it through a window (laughs) or, you know, do something. And this thing had wheels and I was just like, yeah, let's, let's try to do something with this. And yeah, before anyone even told me, I was just ollieing on it. And yeah, just I knew like I just wanted to just keep skating. So that's crazy. Born for it. Just go straight to the ollie. I, usually, <laughs> I started with the board flipped upside down, and you do the half flip, jump onto it. Oh, yeah. The ollie took forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I didn't say I progressed very fast after that, but I'm just you know. <laughs> <laughs> so explain to us what your first big break in the skate industry was. You know, I, I don't know. It really depends on what you co- consider a big break because uh, to me, my big break was Eternal Skate Shop in Mountain View when they decided to sponsor me. Did I get free stuff? No, but I got a discount. <laughs> and I was, you know, you, you got to think as like a, a 13-year-old kid getting like a discount at your local skate Huge. shop. You're like, and just to say you're sponsored by the local skate shop, Mm-hmm. Dude, you're, I mean, you're ecstatic. So I was, uh, yeah, that was like a, a big moment for me because I was just like, holy shit, like, dude, I got a job. It's not a job. <laughs> it's not a job. Like, you're not, you're not, you're not pro, but dude, I was, you know, I was just some up. bragging rights. <laughs> Absolutely. See, middle school mm-hmm. wasn't easy, you know? Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> You're Mr. Big Chess walking into middle school yeah, now. 100%. I mean, no one actually respected me at all. <laughs> no one even knew what that... It, I mean, Eternal Skate Shop was in a, in a completely different town, so yeah. no one actually cared. But <laughs> I walked around with confidence, and it was, it was great. But um, on a bigger scale, as far as, you know, as accomplishments or just, you know where I feel things turned in my skateboarding career. Um, I mean, I, I would say just when I, when I got on Think, um, Think Skateboards. Um, I remember I was skating a lot with Corey Duffel and I was doing a lot of castle contests. 
Uh, Corey Duffel was a, a friend of mine, and I mean, everyone knows Corey Duffel, but uh, he was in Walnut Creek, and he was a younger kid, and he was killing it, and he was just, like, he was just doing big shit, and uh, we, we just so happened to skate together a lot, and this photographer, Bruce Ordella, we were with, um, we, you know, just got introduced, and he was shooting photos of me when I was skating with Corey at the same spots, and... Yeah, they introduced me to Greg Carroll, and Damn. like all of a sudden, like I'm like almost I'm flow for think, and yeah, it was it was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> so think that happens for a bit, and then you eventually made the jump to Element. How did that happen? Not easy, because um, <laughs> uh, think was like. A lifeline for me. As I told you earlier, one of my idols growing up was uh, Phil Shaw and um, Paul Zuwanage lived in the area. And, you know, I just like think was my jam, you know, like anti hero yeah. and like real. Like they're, they're all, there's amazing, there's so many great brands in, in Northern California, but think was just me. Like that, that was, that was what I loved. And Greg Carroll was probably one of the like best dudes to like bring me in the industry. Like just kind of taught me a lot about, a little bit about the politics and just like, you know, just don't don't go nuts. Like just, you know, stay focused on what you love and what, what you like to skate, you know, and don't don't try to just conquer everything and, and go after it. And I was like, dude, yeah, like he's, he's got some strategy here. That's great. <laughs> and dude, I, I loved him. He's, dude, Greg Carroll's an amazing, amazing person and uh, Fish and Keith and a bunch of other guys in there. But I got introduced to uh, someone at Element um, that they were interested. And I was like, dude, like Element just came out with, I think, Third Eye Blind. Is that, did I say that right? Third Eye View? I don't know. Think video? Yeah. No, no, no. Element Element video. video. Oh, no. Okay. Wow. I can't believe I don't remember that one. But they came out with a pretty amazing video with you know, Donnie Barley, Reese Forbes, and I was just like, this team is just on a whole nother level. So I was I was definitely interested in, you know, wanting to go there. And so just out of a lot of drama with like having to go to think and tell them I quit and then waiting about three months to get on element, like, dude, it was it was yeah, it was not an easy trial and error. Like, cause literally at that point, because a lot of the people at Element had so much respect for Greg Carroll and and the Think, you know, everyone at Think, they were just like, look, at at this point, like, you know, we just wanted to express our interest, but you you got to make the leap. And at that point, there's no guarantees. So, Oof. yeah, it it was tough, dude. Like talking to you know Greg and. All the other guys, like, look, I, I just, I want to take this chance. And I just, when it really, when it comes down to it, if we're not going to, like, bullshit, can I swear on this channel? Am I allowed oh, to? Yes. Oh, okay, <laughs> fuck yeah. This is the internet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I think the main thing is just, like, I thought there was more opportunity to, like, travel the world and to just kind of go a little bit further in skateboarding. And it's, it's weird to try to explain what that is. But I think at the time, like, you know, I was only doing like real regional demos with Think, like really just driving from city to city around the states. But like Element was traveling the world, you know, and um, 
you know, and I was just like, that, that is amazing. Like that is like, holy shit. Like I, how do you, how do you put that into words? Like, how do you compare? And so that's the dream. Yeah. You know, so took a little bit. Um, and it wasn't easy to, to, to get out of think pissing some people off and it just, it sucked. It really sucked. But uh, in the end ended up on think and, or I'm sorry, on element and it, yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, can't can't blame you, man. It's fucking how it goes, and clearly in the long run, it was the right decision. Yeah, probably a scary three months though. <laughs> yeah, dude, sitting in limbo. Yeah, it was it was not easy, man. Because I fully respected Greg Carroll, and I, I loved everyone on the team, and dude, but yeah, you, you just got to try new things, and mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, it is. <laughs> that's years. That's years ago. So you were also a part of the glory days of Circa. Yep. One of the most stacked teams of all time. Yep. Can you tell us about those trips, what it was like traveling with Jamie Thomas, Mark Appleyard, Chad Muska? Pretty funny that you guys segued into that because the Slam City Jam that I quit um, Think to go on this amateur tour, but it was like right after the Slam City Am, uh, competition. It was like the first time they ever did a Slam City Am. Was when they like released the Chad Muska Circa, Ooh, like craze. And dude, like, I mean, I don't think there was confetti, but there might as well have been confetti like coming <laughs> down because they marketed Circa so fucking hard. Again, I, I know you guys remember back in the day. Mm-hmm. Two-page spread Circas. Like, yeah. what's up with this hundred-dollar shoe? Um, so I was at that time just like, all right, fucking Circa, that's, that's, that's a long time away. But after Slam City, like, you know, got on the team and traveling with, uh, Mark Appleyard was amazing. Met him on Circa, but we ended up becoming like longtime friends and did just a hilarious character. I mean, I, everyone's got their little idiosyncrasies of, what they do and he's he's got his and I got mine and but we just became neutral in like what we could handle as far as uh, skate buddies <laughs> and so we roomed together all the time Chad Muska he was like I mean he was like the big time skater out of our crew so uh when he was on tour you might as well just be ready for like a thousand kids following him and dude he was kind of in the middle of like music at the time so, you know, he, he always had like kind of his thoughts and music. So he was just kind of on another level. Dude, Jamie Thomas and that whole other crew, like, dude, Jamie is maybe one of the hardest working dudes in skateboarding I've ever seen. Just how thought out he is and just how strategic and just, I mean, it, it, it's, it's tough to really dial in Jamie because that dude just was on a whole nother level of, like you think you're skating here today, but he's already planning five <laughs> days ahead of your tour of where you guys are going and spots to hit and what you should do as far as tricks. I was like, you must write shit down. Do you have a diary? And yeah, sure enough, like, dude, he's, <laughs> he takes notes, dude. He's, he's smart. He's a smart oh, cookie. Yeah. Um, but dude, those tours were absolutely amazing because uh, we, we had a good team manager that just knew how to make sure like we were just happy. Um, 
because we were there to skate and we would break ourselves whether we, we knew it or not. We just wanted to skate because we loved it. And that's all he wanted us focused on. We weren't worried about anything else, like transportation here or food or, or water or anything else. Like anything you could think of that could maybe get in your head before you're about to nose grind or lip slide like an 18 star <laughs> handrail. He just made sure that wasn't even a thought. And um, right. dude, so those trips were, were insane. They were, they were definitely really good. <laughs> yeah, speaking of those trips, demos in those days were insane with no social media if fans wanted to see you other than your video parts, they pretty much had to be there in person. So I remember videos back then. It's just like the crowds were 10 times bigger than they are these days. How crazy were those demos and how wild did the crowds get? So, okay. I'm, I'm interested. So any, anyone who's listened to this, I've been out of skating for about 10 plus years. Easy. Cause I hurt my ankle really bad, but it's, it's weird to hear you say that say for like our, is it like tough to get kids at like demos and you know what I mean? Like, are, are kids not showing up at that kind of stuff? Is there not I love for skateboarding? A bit more the demos themselves are a little bit more few and far between. Like even in our city, they used to we would have a couple every summer. Yeah. Damn. And now it's maybe one or two big ones. Like I think Primitive came through two summers ago and they had it was a huge turnout. Yeah, but you have to be on that level of a primitive. Yeah. Nowadays. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, to, to get a crowd because that's like the best of the best. Yeah, but you know, like, like any. I'm trying to think of a smaller brand back. 88 Footwear, but like Spitfire ran, came, came through this summer and they didn't even do a demo. Yeah, you know? so it's like, but I'm okay. So like 12 years ago or something, let's yeah. say, 88 Footwear came and did a demo and it was still packed. Like everyone went. Yeah, and that's just 88 Footwear. You know. Yeah. But like now, if you want to get people out you got to be one of the top brands. And I think a lot of companies are just doing less demos because yeah, it doesn't have the same impact that it did back in the Dude, day. Yeah, that's, that sucks to hear. Because, like, yeah, I mean, to, to your guys' point, you know, social media has probably just jaded it so much because when I was telling you about the first time I, I saw Phil Shaw at, uh, at a Redwood City, dude, it, and by the way, this was the jankiest, like, ramp setup ever <laughs> it, it was horrible you guys like you would have definitely skated on like just you would have driven on to go to like <laughs> pier seven or like just seeing some of the old spots in sf because this was just the worst ramps ever so i mean just to go back to when we did demos obviously that was a time when skating you couldn't find it very easily on the internet. This is before DVDs were big. I mean, it, it was just such a unique time where you had to be there to see it. And so the demos were ridiculous, especially with like Chad Muska. You bring a name like Chad Muska, Mike <laughs> Vallely, uh Bam Argera. Like, oh, oh I can't imagine those ones. Did like just imagine like twenty thousand kids in like a five story mall, all beaming down at you. That's a Bam Margera demo. Like, did that guy, Mall of America? That guy brought like that many kids, and wow. it was it was ridiculous, dude. I'm not good at mini ramp. He's good at mini ramp. I'm not good at mini ramp. I was like, dude, I, I can't skate a lot of this. Like, this is all for you, bro. So. Um, <laughs> But those demos back in the day were were awesome because I think um, everyone on the team just knew how to had knew how to skate them, and we were all just like wanting to 
we were all young, you know, like me, Appleyard, and a bunch of others. Like, dude, like I, I even think with Chad, like there, it's it's kind of unique to have these kind of demos, the way they were set up, the way on the tur- circuit tours were. And dude, everyone's just hungry to just one up each other and just like yeah, keep yeah. keep raising the bar. And so it was, it was really really good, man. It, those demos back in the day were there was a, tons of kids that were stoked and. All we did was just try to skate as best we could. So it was, it was rad little memories. <laughs> so what was the wildest thing someone ever did at a demo? We know you guys probably signed a lot of boobs, probably had to go through some massive crowds of kids. But if there was one wild thing that stood out, what was it? Shit, you know, I, boob, boobs are always great, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I got to put that on the wild side because... There weren't that many. Um, I mean, you know, you, you've been to demos. They're all dudes. Yeah. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't really think of anything that like stood out as far as, I mean, on the BAM, um, on the BAM signings, dude, that guy lit up probably like 30, okay, I, I don't know. They're all over 18. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. All the kids were over 18 that he just slapped the shit out of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm, I'm going to say like, so those were kind of eyebrow raising moments when I was just like, oh, dude, you got a good signature, man. You're, you're doing good. Oh, Bam is just, he, that kid's blacked out. Yep. He, <laughs> he just made another kid just like, he, yep, he's, he's blacked out right now because he got slapped so hard. Um, that, that was wow. definitely interesting to me. Um, I will say, um, to anyone who does, I mean, I'm sure anyone who's listening like knows like product tosses at demos and and these kinds of things. I remember um, on Element tours, it was getting kind of ridiculous, like how many people were getting hurt when we would throw out skateboards, and because uh, you know kids would just jump and pile on each yeah. other and fights. I forget the the skate shop I was at, but I wanted to do something different, so I. Uh, the, you know, we, we threw out some product and then I, I got down from, uh, from the quarter pipe and I ran down to all the kids and I held up the board. I was like, whoever can catch me gets this board. And I kid you not, this fucking kid tracked me down faster than I think a lion could have. <laughs> and, and dude, like, I'm pretty fast. He got me so good. And dude, he didn't care about me. He was going for the board <laughs> and he threw me on the ground. Wow. And, All he had to do was touch and, you. And dude, <laughs> I let go of the board and kind of try to roll off as cool as I could. And I was like, holy shit, reality check. Like, dude, you're not. Like, you, you almost got made out to look like a bitch. And um, <laughs> dude, you're, you're not that fast. So I was like, that that was a moment, that was a shocker for me, that that kid just sprinted out of nowhere and threw me to the ground. I was, um, yeah, got to say that didn't happen very often. So. Story like that makes me wish uh, there was a smartphone back then to capture that. Dude, I, I kid you not, that <laughs> that could either make you or break your career right there. Because, uh, <laughs> dude, I, he, he, he belittled me pretty goddamn good. <laughs> So we talked to the chief before this interview, and he told us one of his greatest memories of you was your love for dancing and your love for Britney Spears. Is that something you've grown out of? No. Or are you still as big a fan? So it's tough because, 
He also mentioned that you would do a lot of your dancing naked as well. <laughs> it's interesting he would say that because uh, I don't think there's been a moment we've been in that uh, in the same hotel room when that happened. But no, main thing is Britney Spears fell off. Just let's, let's just be real, guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> She's just not coming out with the albums like she did. She sold out to Vegas. I mean, yeah, she's she's just not at her A game. Do I listen to her old stuff? Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. And yeah, do I go clubbing? I don't know. Are you guys buy, buying bottle service? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll go dancing. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, does it happen as often? No, not really. But do I'm always down for a good time. If it's Britney Spears' old stuff, I'll get down. But it is what it is, you know. <laughs> Good to hear that that you've grown up a little bit since then. Toned it down a little bit with the Britney. Dude, I got a savings account. I'm good. You know, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm grown up. <laughs> Going back to your younger days, you were known for the massive Eddie Bauer khakis. Why those pants for almost your whole career? Dude, so I. It is so funny because uh, I start looking back at that old footage, and I'm just like. Wow, those things were parachutes. Those things were like <laughs> abnormally so big. I'm almost upset with my friends and family for not sitting me down and being like, dude, you don't need size 38 pants when you're like yeah. a 31. Just try to slim it down a little bit. Maybe you'll skate better. And I think maybe it comes down to, I had a brother who went to um, a private school and where they, I think they were only allowed to wear khakis. And he goes off to college and there's a bunch of old khakis. So I just started wearing, <laughs> wearing his old khakis. And I was just like, and, and by the way, this is also during the time like cargo short or cargo pants were getting big. So like that color, you know, was, uh, was pretty popular. So I, I would wear like, you know, khaki cargo pants, but then I just reverted back to, just cargos. And for some reason, Eddie Bauer just had, had it at the time. They had the fit. They knew skaters. They were preppy. <laughs> they, they, they knew how to hold it down. They knew the thread. They probably watched a few Thrasher videos. Um, but yeah, I just uh, stuck with the, with the khaki Eddie Bowers. And anytime, like, um, you know, a skate brand I was riding for, like Circa or, or Element, um, I'd be like, yeah, just. They, they would hand me out like a pair of like 32 waist and I'd be like, nah, do you have like 38s or something? Those, those fit me better. <laughs> and everyone just kind of shook their heads like, dude, what, what are you doing? But that was, I guess, maybe what I was known for. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in your defense, they got, they got a little slimmer yeah. as you got older. No. The older. The older footage, they're definitely on that parachute level. Dude, th there's, there's a frontside board I remember on an element tour I did and the way they shot it, the pants, it was just like the perfect photo of just the pants really exploding as big as they could. <laughs> and I was just like, dude, those, wow, that looks bad. That just looks bad. I wasn't really into like my looks. I didn't really care how my style was, but man, that just looked bad. <laughs> like that, I just remember, oh, I was bummed. 
<laughs> Everyone loved it though. Yeah, we were huge fans of the style, man. Dude, yeah, we were rocking thirty eights ourselves. <laughs> Probably like some rock aware denim, but dude, hundred percent, man. Yeah. You guys, like, I, I mean, remember sagging? Everyone oh, sagged yeah. Yeah. back in the day. Dude. It's funny because you had the huge pants, but it was like slightly different than like the Grant Patterson. Like you were more just like you just look like a normal dude with massive pants yeah. but then there's like the gangster yeah he did look. he wasn't in the gangster it was the khakis that set him apart yeah. seriously yeah guys i i grew up in los altos hills uh yeah. definitely the yeah the the total opposite of a gangster i i tried yeah. trust me i tried <laughs> but did not did not take but the big chunky circus made it look kind of normal it didn't look that bad Dude. if you had to wear like skate shoes made today it, then, then we'd be. You wouldn't even see the shoes. <laughs> exactly. <Dude. that. laughs> so I, I forget what the exact model number was. I think they were the CM nine hundred ones. It was the first Chad Muska shoe. I think it was the nine hundred one, the CM nine hundred one. And I remember going to a handrail in San Francisco, and pretty much maybe one of the worst slams I've ever had in my life because I couldn't feel my board. This the Chad Muska shoes. Had oh two God. air pockets, one in the front and one in the back. Like, can you imagine, like, with every kid right now, like, praising the vulcanized sole or, like, thin van shoes, how they, you know, talk about, like, I can feel my board now. If they ever tried a, a CM901, <laughs> like, dude, and I went on this, uh, one of this round SF, went straight down on my balls. Uh, in the rail, I, I tried to like hold myself up with my hands. So, you know, I wasn't killing my balls so much, but my hands gripped straight to the rail. So when I got to the end of the rail sliding down, I couldn't lift my hands up cause they were stuck to the rail. And I went head first in the concrete. And that was the, that was the opener of my four and one, uh, wheels of fortune part. And, uh, Dude, that was like, that was just like a lesson learned of like, dude, get, oh. get, to, get to know how you feel your board and your footwear first. Cause, God damn it, Chad Muska. <laughs> I mean. Not my man, Coltron. Dude, I, 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 but also inspired because believe it or not, that ended up being maybe one of the best days of skateboarding I've ever had as far as like filming. We went down all the way down the bay and I got like, I went down to Stanford, got like a half cap heel, did a nollie heel over this gap. We we filmed a run in Redwood City. Like, I got so much footage that day. Granted, half my face was just freshly graded by concrete, <laughs> but like, I, I think like because I slammed so early in the day, you're just fearless. I think at that point, you know. Yeah, can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, it could definitely get a lot worse. We know that in skateboarding, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, as you're young, you just, you, you play it off, so. Ghost, man, we've been telling the people for the last two weeks that two icons in the skate game, Indy and Brixton, are linking up for a friendly union collection, and now we've got even bigger news. We have officially touched down in Montreal. Yes, today, Wednesday, March 20th. Come holler at your boys. We're going to see Tobin Yellen's photo exhibition tonight at the Letter Bet 4919. 
Notre Dame Street West, Montreal. You heard? 7 till 10 tonight. Be there. We're celebrating the friendly union, Brixton and Independent. Come get a buzz on with your boys. Colty Bears, don't take this the wrong way. You, you had a long and successful career in skating, but unlike a lot of pros for Appleyard, for instance, you didn't have a shit ton of video parts, but you're, you were still one of the biggest pros in the game. Uh, you had tons of footage and montages, video magazines and stuff like that. What do you equate that to? Just the, the lack of video parts? Um, it could be laziness. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, it's... That's it's funny you say that cuz when I was like skating in my prime I think really when it come down when it comes down to it I, I maybe had just three really big video parts one was phone one one was like the element video and uh the circuit video but in between those three parts like did skaters I looked up to like Eric Costin and like Rick McCrank and um a lot of these other guys I'm like Wow, man, he he is like eight parts out, you know. <laughs> um, no, like I, I actually, you know, I feel like it, it, it was just kind of weird how it was set up because um, I remember for circa we we had a really strong, strung out like long four year period of like building up for the the circa video, and then Element, you know, put out their video, but they didn't really. That was kind of like in the middle of my career. And everything in between was just like, yeah, small little segments. And I don't know, like, I, it was just like kind of a weird period in my career where like, I just didn't, you know, skate enough, I guess, to film another part. Like, I mean, it's not lack of skating. It was just like, I was on tour with all these other guys just to do these videos that kind of came out really far apart. And... No, it, it, it's funny you say that because seriously, no joke. I, I would look at other skaters. I'm like, man, he's got like seven parts right now. Like, and I've I've only had like three. Like, in my whole skate career, because like Costin's uh, someone I looked up, a skater I just look up to um, so much, and I'm just like, dude, he's he was still going after I hurt my ankle and uh, filming stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I don't ha- really have a good answer on why I didn't film more stuff. Um, obviously it didn't like come out with like a, a featured trans world part or, uh, um, any other like foreign ones or anything like that. It was just, yeah, it was just those two companies and we just didn't come out with a lot of videos at that time. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of it was just like spread out over stuff, tour videos, Stuff like that. You're working on your skits, the Colt Spice. Yeah, skit. you were busy with <laughs> no, other but, jobs. No, but dude, man. that's, that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I had I had coverage in like a lot of videos, mm-hmm. but not featured. And I understand what Safe is saying. Like, yeah, dude, you didn't do shit. You just did three parts. <laughs> no, no, what? classic Safe a roast mid interview. <laughs> but like, that's the main thing, though. Like. Dude, Reynolds, I remember Andrew Reynolds, like his, what, what was that video where they, like Tony Hawk and Bucky Lysick did like their whole half pipe in like. The end, the birdhouse video? Okay, yeah. there we go. That was easy. Um, dude, I remember seeing that. I'm like, and, and growing up on Andrew Reynolds footage like time and time again. And 
I'm like, dude, this guy just keeps, cr- he cranks out a part, a dedicated part like That's once insane. a year. And yeah, to what you guys are saying, I'm like, I mean, I, I, I thought, you know, maybe I could be at that level, but I'm cranking them out not as much. Okay, well, I guess I'm not at that level. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I think a lot of it is like now that I'm thinking back, like Circa only made that one video, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. And then Element, I don't know how many, did they only have that one video while, while you were one of the main pros? Like it sometimes, because nowadays, if you want to have your, if you have enough footage for a part, it's You're just going to go solo, yeah. straight to Thrasher. Yeah. But it was almost like, the sponsors you rode for didn't have that many videos. Like I'm sure if Circa made another video four years before that, you would have found a way to have a full no, part. If, yeah. Some of it's like on the sponsors. Dude, you know, cause we go skating every day. You, you can record st- some stuff, but it was, I will say like back in the day when I was skating, like it, it was, it was definitely elevating higher and higher. Like dude, when, when Chris Cole and like Apple, when I'm skating with Chris Cole and Apple Yard, those guys just make me feel so stupid. Like, <laughs> Did I, I remember, I remember it was like me and Apple Yard were just skating like away from the hotel and we're just like, we're just messing around, you know, just playing a game of skate and we come across like this random, really small handrail. It, it was something you would never like film on, but it was just like, it was, it was still a handrail. And it's like, ah, man, like maybe, maybe let me just try a little Nolly Heel Nose. I'm like, Sure. Just go for it if you want. And no joke, first go, Nolly Heel nose, and then he just kind of hopped off, but he locked in pretty damn good. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's the level you're at. And I was thinking about maybe rail sliding it as a warm-up. <laughs> like that's, did so, you know, like with Appiard and Chris Cole, like, you know, it, it was pretty easy for me to recognize, like I really needed to just, stay focused on the the really good tricks I had in my bag um, because they were just naturally gifted, amazing skaters. Um, so, and Chris Cole's come out with, yeah, a million parts. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. Like, I just think Element and Circa spaced out their their video parts, like or their videos, like, really too far apart. And that was just like a day and age where, I feel like DVD or like VHS and DVD were get kind of getting lost to the internet, you know. Yeah. So for sure, but yeah, but it's like we said, it wasn't like a lack of cult. It wasn't like anyone was like, "What's cult up to?" Because you're at the same time you're in all the mags. Yeah, and the footy was and, there, and the footage was just spread out, kind of. Yeah, it was just more of a timing. Like, there, yeah, timing with big projects. I, I will say, it definitely could have been more efficient. You know, mm-hmm. those. Uh, those other skaters like Reynolds, those guys, the the ones who come out with the footage, like, yeah, they're the real deal. They don't fuck around. They mm-hmm. they stomp it and they move on, dude. So, and that's why they're my heroes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why I look up to them, dude. So, yeah. so Transworld recently announced that they're done printing the mag, which is a huge bummer for skating. Everyone knows Transworld loved it growing up. Always had a stack in our bedrooms. You were lucky enough to grace the cover. Take us behind the scenes on that gnarly 50-50 you did. Shot by um, a photographer we haven't really heard of before. Who was <laughs> it? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm forgetting that guy's name. I think it might be like Ruin Aline or something. <laughs> um, now, uh, Ryan Allen, 
did one of my best friends growing up through the whole skate, you know, industry. Um, love that dude. And he was just a, a really good photographer. You know, I, I forget where we actually shot the, I, I forget what school that was at, but, uh, you know, it was, it was still in that like time where if you knew a friend who had like lights and generators to, to light up the spot and, you know, Ryan had that all dialed in and yeah, we get to this ledge. It had a kind of a quirky run up to it and kind of a, it was a long ledge, but luckily there was dirt on the other side. So I wasn't like too terrified, but yeah, man, like once you're on that thing, you're, you're riding the thunder, you know, like you, you better be committed. Cause I mean, we, we all know if you get one truck off the back or the front, that can end up being a, maybe one of the worst slams of your life. And um, uh, luckily enough, I only took, I think, two, three run-up slams on that one. One kind of ended up off the back pretty bad because uh, I didn't fall in the slant of the hill. I literally f- hit the flat of, oh. of the bottom. And um, by the time I got my act together and grinded it out and stomped it, I mean, dude, I, I was going faster than I, I think I could go full sprint throwing my board down for, you know, <laughs> like the, the biggest gap in the world. Like that ledge, it, it was, yeah, that, that, was, that was one of the fastest grinds I've ever done. And thank God that that didn't go wrong. Cause, yeah. um, and thank God Ryan shot that right. Cause I didn't want to shoot that a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of, of that situation and photographer uh, getting it right, this one's more for the locals, but you came through Toronto some years ago and back nose grinded the hubba we call Brown School Avenue Road hubba. The the legend is you did it first try. It's a big gnarly hubba. We'll make sure it's on our Instagram. And uh, <laughs> the legend is you did it first try, but Scott Pommier missed it, and then you went to do it again and died. Is uh, this true? <laughs> you know. I, I, I'm, it's, it's tough for me to remember back because there's actually been a few situations where that's <laughs> happened. You know, thinking back to Toronto and, and Palmier, I feel like it, it might have been a circus shot where like I was skating with Peter Remendetta, but I, I, I'm, I'm not certain on this, but just so I don't lie, let's just paint a picture of absolutely, yes, I went for a ledge, <laughs> first tried it because... I feel I, I really feel like it was with with Peter Remendetta because we were skating a spot. He was, yeah, he front nose grinded it. Okay. Yeah, he he yeah he was hesitant. He like he, he was like, you know, we were just trying to pump him up, and it, you know, you know when you guys skate a spot and you're skating it with someone else, it makes it easier to kind of try more things. For sure. And dude, Peter was just going after this ledge all by himself. I think a lot of the other guys were like beaten up from, you know, skating all day. And I was like, fuck it. Like, let me just skate with Peter. And yeah, I, I think if, if it's the same ledge or situation I'm thinking of, I was skating, skating with him. You know, he was just like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stomp this nose guard. I'm like, fuck it, you know, I'm, I'm going to go for one too. He's like, and you just get in that, that zone where you're looking at each other like, let's fucking do this. Do it. Stop being a pussy. Well, you stop being a pussy. And then we just... Well, well, who's going to stop being a pussy first? And it's like, fuck it. And then you just 
put your board down and just go for it. And I don't think Scott was inspecting it or expecting it. I don't think anyone was expecting it. And I just went for the nose grind and it was just as perfect as you could get it. And Peter followed up with his nose grind. And of course, it's like, hey, let's, let's get them both. I didn't shoot your photo. Can you go back up and do it again? Oh. And uh, I was like, I think I was still, I wasn't, I wasn't doubtful. I was like, I was confident. I was like, dude, let's, yeah, let, let's, let's do it. And yeah, sure enough, nose grind, lock, and fly off the ledge, straight oh. to your shoulder. Oh. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, didn't feel good. <laughs> um, it, it's. Uh, yeah, dude, you're you're just sitting paralyzed on the side of your body that literally nailed. I mean, to you to you guys up in the north, you know, it's like fucking ice. Like <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. So, yeah, I kind of stayed still for a little bit and uh, just said, "I hope you fucking got that one." Like, just <laughs> it, it better have been pivoted perfect because, uh, yeah. yeah, that that got that got pretty bad. Your really long and balanced nose grind on that handrail. I think it's in San Francisco. Tell us about that one. I think that's that may, might be San Mateo. I was with uh, Kyle Camarillo and I forget out who else. I, I think Pete Thompson. And it's just this: the the ground is rough riding up to this handrail. And I've seen it in a few videos, and I was just like. Dude, that thing could be nose grind. It's 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 got a flat enough surface where I'm like, dude, I that can be nose grind. I I, I think I could do that. So yeah, I, I we I mean we just wasn't too wasn't too bad. This is actually one of those better days in skateboarding where it was just <laughs> like, dude, Kyle. He, there was a couple friends there um, that I didn't really know, and I think we might have warmed up at a local park. Just and I was just nose grinding like crazy because um, it. I don't know if you guys do it these days, but like before you ever go out and shoot a photo, you always go to a skate park and warm up. You always yeah. warm up, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, we're we're I'm I'm not old old school like those other guys that just literally went to spots and killed it like Pat Duffy. But uh, but no, like you know, warmed up, got to the rail, and I was like, dude, all right, it's about it's about yay high. Uh, I got I got to just land here and don't fall because. You'll hurt yourself, and uh, <laughs> I mean, dude, you, you just get in that zone where, like, you know, you warm up, you, you kind of do a couple run ups, and you, you scrape your tail, then you start ollieing next to it. I think I did a couple fake ollies right next to the rail, then I fifty fifty it once, and I was terrified, but I was like, dude, let's just fucking nose grind this. So roll up, nose grind, put my fucking back tail down roll off. I'm like, all right, that wasn't that bad. And then do it again. And I think I just jump off the board because I, I committed too much. Third try, roll up and just stomped right on my, my truck, which was a crux truck, by the way. This is not a sponsored podcast or anything. <laughs> that is just what I was riding because those are gold, baby. <laughs> so, but <laughs> no, no joke. You can edit that out if you want. But <laughs> rolled up, Nose grind, it just felt perfect. Didn't stop on my nose. Truck, back truck wasn't touching. And I was just like, dude, here we go. Rode it down. Just came off perfect. Stomped bolts. 
rode away, like Kyle filmed it amazing. And then I get to Pete, who's the photographer, and he's like, I think we got it, but I'm not sure if we got it. And I was like, oh, oh dude. Every time with you. Yeah. Fuck. Like, I just don't know if I could do it. So tried to maybe attempt it a few times, and I was just like, I'm not even going to fucking chance this. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember, was it, it was an ad, right? I think that photo. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it was. Because I remember that, and it was just like, holy shit, like, how is this balanced? And then the footy came out. That That's what was the that's most the shocking thing yeah. about about it, because no one does balance nose grinds Can on handrails. Can you think of another one? No. It might be the only one ever done. Well, actually, Colt's other one, the yeah. kink rail in Australia. Is that in Australia, the green rail? Where is, I don't know where that is. Or Europe, um, no, I don't, I don't know where that... Oh, that's... Uh, the, the kink one was at SDSU. You know SDSU. Oh, that's Come on. in the States. Okay. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I've never been to that rail. No, it, that's it, the crazy part is the balance. Yeah. You know, I, it, it was a flat enough rail to where I was like, mm-hmm. dude, I, I, can, I can get up on a balance on this. But I, I totally yeah. agree with you guys. Like, dude, nose grinds were usually like, you, dude, you, you put your nose down, you, gr- you, you put your in, truck right? in, you lock it in. And... Um, yeah, That's you the know, difference I, and between it, you and them, <laughs> you got a different baby. <laughs> it, it, trust me, if I would have somehow crooked it, like moved into a crooked grind and rode out and landed it, I would have just, I would have done that as well. <laughs> trust me, I was in no position to argue with the handrail and the concrete. I was like, dude, I'll take whatever I can get. And did nose grinds and nose manuals to me. I was just like, yeah, that was, I was down to try it. So <laughs> that was your shit. So continuing on the list of our favorite Colt clips of all time, you frontside half cap flip the Machba Big Four. And mm-hmm. then years later, your good friend Appleyard did the same thing. Did you give him a hard time for it or no? Didn't give him shit. I honestly think that was probably just a warm up for him. I think <laughs> what he was doing, he was probably half cap flipping down that set to go to the other ledges on the other side <laughs> to like do something. But it, it's so funny because if you think back to the old Plan B videos, like Jeremy Ray at like Carlsbad did, you know, 360 flips down the first set. All the and way it's a whole end. drawn out like line. And then he frontside flips Carlsbad gap. Mm-hmm. So I think, ha- I think Appleyard literally warmed up with a half cap flip down that set. And then did something else, but I don't know if he ever did. Uh, well, we all know <laughs> Appleyard's a space cadet, so we probably just didn't even realize that yeah. he already did it. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't doubt it. He was probably trying to grab a sandwich after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're two of my favorite skaters and people, so not, not gonna, I don't want to pick favorites, but I liked yours better. Just oh. putting it out there. <laughs> not going to pick favorites, but you're my favorite. Did I, <laughs> hey, I, I, I worked for it. I make yeah. it... I make it I make it look hard, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, it's dude. Aviard's style is just too clean, dude. It just, it almost sucks because like he, he draws kids in. Like, oh yeah, dude, you can just you can half cab flip down this set of stairs, no problem. Try it because it's that <laughs> no. easy. And then and then all of a sudden, like you have you know a thousand kids that get hurt, and it's because of him. He made it look too easy. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yours was clean, and he I think he did a little like pivot after. Yeah, he did like he did slide I, out a bit. I had a button-up shirt, so I was stoked <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. 
So at this point, everything's going great in Colts world. You have some of the best sponsors. You're killing contests. Not dropping too many video parts, but you're mixing them in every now and then. <laughs> at what point did things start to go wrong, and why did you end up getting kicked off of Element? Um, so I, I don't I don't like the term being kicked off. That well, was well. We heard you were a little rebellious, and they had to let you go. Well, they let me go. They didn't kick me off like some animal. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, I guess um, I was just always kind of a, a mama's boy. I, I just, I missed being back home. Uh, when I was on like long skate tours, as much as I love skating and, and, and skating new spots, I definitely had like, you know, I just, I just missed home. And um I think as the as the years or as the tours kind of grew longer, and especially with between Circa and Element, um, it was kind of stretched me thin. And you know, as a kid, you you just don't always make the smart choices. Um, and you know, I was riding for Element; though they were my main uh, board and clothing sponsor at the time, and. Yeah, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to turn my shirts inside out. You know, I don't need to wear an Element t-shirt the normal way. I'm going to turn it inside out. So it's like, you know, kind of uh, like there's an opacity or it's faded in the background. And yeah, they didn't like that much. And yeah, it just kept going on because I just kind of grew... I don't think there was ego in it because I didn't think I was like hot shit, but I was just like, yeah, I just, I just guess I got to a point where I hated being told what to do, like do this trick at this spot and do a demo here. And it's not like they were any different from any other sponsor, but I think um, just during that time in my life, I had a lot of friends uh, that were going to college and I think Safa can uh, can say or support this that uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of distractions as far as being back home to uh, hang out with friends and you know party there and just uh, and do that. And so, I mean, I, I don't honestly don't know what went through my mind to do all that. I, I think it was just a immature phase. I was just like, you know what, fuck it. You know, I'm untouchable. I skate and but. I mean, we all know, like, I wasn't skating as much as I could have because I didn't come out with as much footage. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I just got to the point for Element where they're just like, yeah, you know, you have been amazing to this point, but, you know, you're just not following our best interests. And I just had to say, you know, I I agree. You know, like, it's just, it sucks. You know, we're not on the same page. So I didn't get kicked off. They asked me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, it's dude. It was a hard hit, man. It was definitely a heavy, heavy blow, and and unfortunately, right after that, I hurt my ankle, and it's just one of those like skater stories where like shit, you know, you were here and then you hurt your ankle and you were never heard of again, and uh, you know, so yeah. <laughs> Speaking of your ankle injury. You're not the first or last skater to injure their ankle in their like you know in their career. Uh, what was it about this injury that was so devastating for you? Um, so this ankle ankle injury was um, 
Yeah, it was a third degree ankle sprain, which is, you know, any any skater that kind of like rolls their ankle like real quick, that's like, you'll probably put to your like first degree. If you roll it a little worse and it swells up and it's pretty bad, that's that's anywhere between like a first and second degree sprain. And, you know, and, and that's kind of what I was used to. So after I hurt my ankle, I, I kind of went to the doctor. I was like, yeah, this thing's spraying and blown up. They're like, whoa, this is this is more than spraying. We're going to have to like MRI this. And, uh, you know, first time I think I've ever like had to go this in depth, getting any medical uh, treatment or analysis on it. And they're like, yeah, you, you tore some ligaments. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what a ligament was. I thought that's something you eat, you know? Like I was like, I, I thought I fucking had that for, for dinner the night before a ligament, <laughs> like a little chicken ligament or something. But uh, yeah, they're like, yeah, this, this, this is not good. It would have been better if you would have just broken through your bone, you know, just broke your ankle. And I was like, well, dick, I wasn't really thinking that at the time, you know, like, <laughs> But um, that that was the gnarliest thing about it was the fact that it's muscle tissue, and muscle tissue is a lot tougher to uh, regenerate and to build up because once you tear it, it's probably never going to be where it was ever again. And you know, um, I went to what I thought were some good doctors and. Yeah, when they first diagnosed it, they're like, you know, this is a, a minor sprain. This is a minor tear. Work through it. Here's a personal trainer. Just build off of it. After a year, I'm and all my sponsors at this point are freaking out. They're like, dude, you haven't skated. You haven't shown a shit. Like, dude, like, what's going on? And uh, I went to another doctor and I'm like, dude, this your ankle, all your tendons, your ligament, they're, they're still they're still torn. And I was just like, you know, just that that moment where, dude, either your parents walk in on you having sex or you get pulled over for a DUI or, dude, just whatever moment it is for you, like at that moment, I was just like, dude, this is it. Like, I think this is, this is the end for skating for me because like everyone's been fed up. Like I just, I don't know what I can do anymore. Like I've, I've gone through a year of physical therapy where I can go from here. And, um, you know, of course I got the proper treatment. I went in for another surgery, but by that time, you know, all the sponsors in that time were just like, dude, you're, unless you make a hell of a comeback, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. But I was never able to come back. So, um, yeah, just, yeah, just went through as much PT as possible and just never fully recovered and just just got to that day where you just have to realize it and just get on the old Google search and what do I do with my life? <laughs> I, that's, that's, never, uh, that's never how you want it to end, man. Mm-mm. Nah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but, you know... I think that's the cool thing about going through life um, is that, dude, you'll hit so many end roads, you know, and you think that's the end, but for some reason, a helicopter comes around and pulls you out and it ends up being the hottest girl you've ever seen in your life. 
and you make love to her that day and it ends up being the best day ever. So your end road just went to the most amazing day ever. And <laughs> you just, <laughs> dude, you know, I'm just basically trying to say, you just get out of it, you know, like, dude, there's, yeah. there's more to life than, than that moment. And I, do I wish I would have stayed with skating? A hundred percent, man. I miss it to death, but you know, I'm also stoked on where I'm at today and you know, just, uh, yeah, you just move on. You got to, and fucking, we'll get to that in a sec, uh, catch up with what you're up to today. As far as uh, an injury forcing you into like an early skate retirement, that's that's never what you want to hear. But uh, you're still on your feet, doing good. So fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm breathing. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so you later had heart surgery as well. That's a lot for an athlete to go through. How was that, and how are you physically these days? Are you able to skate again now? So, you know, yeah, the heart surgery just yeah, came out of nowhere. Literally, sh- it was actually, it came out when I was getting my ankle surgeries because we had to get evaluations on my, you know, my heart condition and to make sure that under the anesthesiologist, I was, you know, I could, I could be okay. And that's where some red flags came up. So I was cleared for a couple of ankle, ankle surgeries, but they were like, hey man, you, you need to go to a cardiologist because this, this other thing's coming up. So luckily, amazing doctors up in uh, Northern California. Um, uh, went to Sequoia Hospital and um, Dr. Gaudiani, if you're listening to this, Dr. Gaudiani, oh, you're my life, I love you. Um, but uh, no, um, amazing heart surgery, did that, done that. Um, skating after that was tough just because of the ankle. Um, I was recently skating at San Diego City Heights and in yeah, um, yeah. a, a couple of the spots. And believe it or not, I, th- this is just when you know you're old. Um, it, I, like, I got done doing like, you know, like a, a kickflip nose manual. And then uh, I did like a, a nolly half cab after that. And I'm just like, I'm on this beautiful ground and I go to do a switch 360, stop it, bolts. But then my back like <laughs> went out on me. And did I, I kid you not, like 37 years old, I stomped bolts, a switch 360 in front of everyone. It was butter. Everyone at that park, I don't care if you're a razor or like a, a rollerblader or whatever you were doing. You saw that trick, you're like, fuck, this guy looks like he Damn. knows what he's doing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's some bolts right there. But then it ended up being like a right hand, lower back touch to, you know, hunch over to aching pain and fuck, dude. I, I couldn't believe <laughs> that, that. From the highs to the lows. Dude, it, it's, yeah, that, that, that sunk me down, man. I mean... Even even the kids that were just dropping it on their knees were like, "Man, what a pussy!" But <laughs> yeah, it it is what it is, dude. I, you know, I, I I get out there and skate as much as I can. So uh, as far as the heart, dude, it, the heart doesn't affect as much. The the ankle is really what what really holds me down. Um, it's my back See? ankle. Okay. Yeah, it's my back ankle, and um, imagine imagine when you 
you know, squat down to go for a, an ollie, but halfway through when you squat, your ankle or your heel lifts up halfway through your squat. So it's like, um, it's cutting away half your ability to jump, mm-hmm. you know, just cause wow. that springs a little off and, uh, you know, uh, laterally I'm fine, but it, it, it's just not the same. It's just, it's never been the same. So, right. well, at least it was your switch flip ankle because we know you didn't do those too much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying maintain that kick flip, heel flip. It's CGI, stance. baby. Dude, those were all. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I was 17, you were gracious enough to have me and my main man, Sebastian, come down to stay with you and Ryan Allen in San Diego. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was my first time doing the whole California skate on the weekends, chill during the weekdays routine. And 90% of our time was spent playing Halo. Uh, we just want to know if Halo is still a part of your life today. So, you know, it's not, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Xbox and just the way apps and everything's going. It. Um, what what what's the new battle one that everyone do? There's like dances. We're not video game up. guys either, but I'd say probably Call of Duty or something like that. The, yeah, Call know. of Duty was big, but there's there's another oh, one the that's new out. One, uh, Fortnite. Fortnite. Oh, Fortnite. Yeah. So Fortnite dances. Fortnite is probably the new Halo. Um, I've never Absolutely. played Fortnite. But if you can imagine the craze that everyone has around you with Fortnite, that's what I had for Halo. Um, yeah. And Seifa, I apologize, my friend, but you, you walked into the war zone. I mean, we had two, three TVs set up with yeah. three, three different boxes. And before we had to go skate, you had to play it. And uh, yeah, that, so that was, that's what we did. And the thing, the thing with Colt, so imagine me at 17 going down there. I'm like, this is like a dream. Like, I'm going to stay with Colt Cannon. What the fuck? Yeah. Me and Bass, right? And then he's like, all right, guys, to stay at my place, you got to pay rent. And rent is playing Halo with me. <laughs> <laughs> and Dude. so like one TV like in your room or whatever, another one in the living room, and we'd play LAN, like just killing each other and Dallas Rock Band was there. I have him on Instagram to this day. I'll never forget that. Shit. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got so addicted to it because especially when Bass left, I stayed that second week by myself and it was just Halo nonstop. Dude, and Donovan. I actually got half decent at it, man. It was good times. Let, let, let me tell you this though. So Seifa, I remember because like he, he was good, but did you know, me and Ryan, we, we would we would just kill him. And finally, it gets to the point, like, dude, because you, you talk shit when you're playing this game. And you're just like, dude, you think so, you're so good playing a stupid little fucking video game. Let's play a game of skate right now. Right fucking now. And I was like, dude, all right, fuck it. I'll play you a game of skate. And he just went out. And by the way, in the front of my house, like, it was not good ground. It was, it was one of the worst, like, roads. It, it wasn't dirt, but it just wasn't. You don't play a game of skate out there. But Safe was just like, get your ass out here. I'm fucking beating your ass right now. And I, I kid you not, dude. He, and I mean, I don't think I, I talked about it with a lot of people. I never admitted to a lot of people. I mean, that guy cleaned me out in a game of skate, five letters straight. Um, I can't tell you exactly the, the, the tricks he, he did. I didn't follow up with him, obviously, because I got a letter every single time. And, um, I think I played it off like I wasn't trying. <laughs> and um, 
But no, he that was a legitimate straight beat. Like as an ass whooping. No, that was that was a time where I, I, I had to maybe take a couple Halo games and maybe a moment in my room of like, wow, this <laughs> wow, I just fucking got smoked right now and I maybe we should go skate instead of playing <laughs> video games. Um <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I forgot I skunked you, man. Yeah, no. I that... probably know all the tricks you did, too. No, but if I had to guess what I did, I'd probably just <laughs> attack that, that switch foot, dog. And this is oh, before yeah. Dude, the ankle. no joke. Yeah, no, you're an asshole. You were a complete <laughs> asshole. You knew what I couldn't do, and you went straight for it, and you actually landed at first try, which pissed me off even more. And, yeah. That's how we do, man. That's better than what you used to do to Ben Davis, man. <clears throat> Our right. one homie used to do all the tricks he could do so that the homie would be forced to struggle with a bunch of other shit that he could <laughs> Just yeah, ruthless. That was one of the meanest things I've ever done. That's, it, it sounds awesome, by the way. Um, does it feel good being the victim? I can speak on that, on that one, but yeah, it's good shit. I, we grew up skating with Morgan Smith, Mr. Battle at the Barracks winner, so he helped uh, get our flag on point. <laughs> <laughs> So you had rental properties back then, and we hear you were the fun pro skater landlord. How many of your tenants actually paid their rent in something other than Halo hours? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, all of them pretty much paid their rent pretty good. I uh, lost track of a few. I wasn't really on top of it back in the day because uh, we, we had a fraternity move in eventually. So, But, yeah, no, everyone's... It was pretty solid, you know. Some people paid their way in photography, so it, you know, it was good. You made it work. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, it was good. It, it was a good crew. Safeo, were you there for the mini ramp? Did we have the mini ramp in the backyard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mini, did. A nose pick in your part, and I think it was in a elementality a too. Yeah, yeah. It was in, in that. But Ryan shot that nose pick. Yeah. No. It, 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 it's so funny, um, just anyone who's listening, just like you, you build this big ass mini ramp and you think it's just going to be like, oh my God, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. But like when you skate it by yourself, it's kind of, oh, I don't want to say depressing, but you're just like, <laughs> you run out of energy really fast. And, <laughs> you know, you, you're just like, I thought this was going to be a lot more fun than I thought it was. But then, dude, you came into town and like, you know, you just get a couple of skate buddies around, and dude, it ends up being the best session ever. But when it's yeah. yours by yourself, yeah, dude, it's it's tough, man. It's you're just kind of man, sitting there. That was <laughs> such a, a funny trip, man. Like I I started drinking late, and I remember we had the house party, some random. Oh, the short shorts house party. Do you remember that one? You I think I do. I think I do, but I don't. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was my second time drinking in my whole life. Was at your short shorts health party. We went to American Apparel <laughs> to get shorts, and then all of a sudden, there's all these like twenty something year old girls at your place. We're seventeen. Me and Bass just like freaking out. Like, <laughs> so, so many random funny memories from that trip. Yeah, we, we playing are... beer pong for the first time ever. You know, there's. Everyone says, like, Americans don't have any culture, but we do. <laughs> Dude, it's it just, it's sad. You know, we, we get the short on the stick when it comes to that. But, yeah, short, short parties and beer pong. That's what, that's what we're known for here in America. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
good old days, man. So that was fucking 13 years ago. What's going on present day? What are you up to work-wise? What, what's Colt Cannon saying in 2019? Nowadays, just, you know, more on the, uh, just trying to be, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's an interesting question. Because I guess, you know, got a job with uh, two of my best friends down here in San Diego. It's a little startup and uh, we sell dragon fruit. It's uh, kind of weird, but I was working for Element for a little bit and just grew my sales skills and digital marketing skills and you know more like design back-end skills to helping some friends out. And there's a, a good little business that we have and just trying to be a good human being, man. Like just day to day, try not to, just don't be a douchebag. Just trying to... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like we had a, a hell of a year in 2016 with our, you know, our, our president, and uh, it, it just threw so many things like th- for whirl. And it, it, you know, you, you just gotta like tell people like, look, don't worry about him, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. Just, just stay grounded. Like, just be a decent human being, man. Just, mm-hmm. and that's that's all I try to do, man. Just hang out with my fiance and have fun, go surf. When's the wedding lined up for? Uh, we got it uh, in September. So nice. September this Very year, nice. she'll officially say I do. And I've said I do a, a bunch of times. So, you know, it will be official that day. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> What's up, brother? So yeah. what advice do you have for pros that are nearing the end of their careers? You know, <laughs> well, anyone is nearing their their pro career like you know just be humble uh first off because you're going to be definitely in your next position having a boss like you've never had before um and i would hope anyone who's maybe ending their career to probably have had a plan of what the end of their career is going to look like you know so if you're pro pro now like hate to say it but have a backup plan because you know, I my career ended at 26, and you know, I, I think that's probably a little short. I, I don't know what the average age is for pro skaters because I know we we drop like flies here and there. But um, but no, you you know, just just be humble, man. Like, because you're you're gonna go in a, another sector of your life that um, you may or may not be used to, and. Um, you know, just take a couple hits on the chin, try to learn and do your best because what you probably haven't experienced, no one else in that um, industry or position that you're in has. So, you know, just make sure you understand that you do bring value and but just stay humble because you do have a boss. <laughs> and <laughs> don't, don't be one of those guys who thinks he can show up late. You got to work. You got to work. <laughs> Yeah. So, what's next for Cole Cannon? Uh, I can't, I don't know. I don't really know. I, I want to get married to uh, the love of my life, and after that, I would say work on just trying to be more independent. Uh, I I love trying to be more fit because I I play indoor soccer all the time, and I want to get out there and skate and surf more. But I would say on the horizon is just to focus on the the woman that I love and make sure that I can support her as best I can. Yeah, that sounded so funny saying, 
I want to get married and then work on being more independent. I know you didn't mean like independent of her, but it just sounded funny back to back. <laughs> what I'm, God damn it. <laughs> what I meant was us being more independent. So, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah that, that, uh, you ruined his nice moment. I contradict here. myself Just all the time. In case, in case she listened. <laughs> Favorite skater? Uh, Phil Shaw. Favorite video? Girl skateboards, goldfish. Favorite video part? I have to say Andrew Reynolds, the end. Favorite style? Phil Shaw to me. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Again, Phil Shaw. Favorite trick? Either a nose grinder or a front side. Ah, uh, no, gotta be it's got to be a nose grinder or a nose manual. I mean, nose grind, fuck it, nose <laughs> grind. More balls on a nose grind. Girls <laughs> like you if you do a nose grind. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's safer. If you did nose grinds, you'd know that. Yeah. Hardest trick for you? I got to say 360 flips. You three flip that fucking 10 stair. Mm-hmm. Perfect one. That was butter. Uh, I mean, I might have been drunk. I don't That's know. I, <laughs> I didn't really drink, but yeah. Most illegal trick. Oh, guys. Safe just because I've known you, Donovan. And, and just because I'm just meeting you, I'm going to tell this to you. All right, guys. Just make sure it doesn't leave this chat. But I did a Benny Hanna down Hubba's hideout. Oh, God with a, It might have been either a sideways or backwards visor on my head. Holy shit. There is footage of that floating <laughs> around. And uh, I kid you not, that has got to be the most illegal trick you've ever heard in your entire life. Wow. You're the first person in the history of the bunt to nominate themselves. No, I, I'm, oh, I'm no. Most illegal I, trick. That I am not proud of. Favorite video clip you've ever gotten? I would nominate your front shove five. Dude, you uh, yeah. don't. That is actually Clipper Ledge. That'll be my Clipper favorite. Ledge. Yeah, it was uh, Ewing and uh, and Thompson, and yeah, that you know you, you might have nailed that one. <laughs> yeah, that that that's 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 definitely a good one. What's the gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Peter Remondetta. I mean, he went on this Melbourne rail. This is a rail I actually had a cover doing a, a lip slide on, and I remember he skated it. Oh, he I think he it. feebled it, yeah. It's a no fucking around rail. Best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film? There was a contest in, uh, in Europe where I kickflip from the deck of the half pipe into the bank. This right. was, it was a pretty, pretty nasty drop off. No one else was doing it. Um, people were just skating the rail, but no one was flipping into the bank. Oh, was it the rail bastion kick front board fakie? It was, it might've been that one actually. Was that? So he kicked, yeah. So all I did was kick flip into the bank. Uh, but that's gnarly. No one, no, no one did that. And I kind of just did it out of nowhere. And, uh, but yeah, he ended up kick flip front boarding this insane rail into that same drop off. That's insane. I, we we know what you're talking about. Like oh, that yeah. was like a, if that's the one we're thinking. Yeah, in the Europe '98 or Europe 2000. Video, yeah, one of those videos. Okay, so okay, that was caught on film. No, we didn't see the kickflip. Okay, I'm saying we know the spot because we know the kickflip 
front board faking. Okay. Like I saw a couple tricks went on the rail into that bank, but kickflip was not in the video. But hearing that you did that is insane. What's the one trick that got away? There was a hand around San Jose that I tried to <laughs> kickflip front board. It was actually the oh, opening oh, of my yeah. circa part. And yeah. um, by the way, you know, it wasn't a high handrail. You know, I wasn't worried about my nuts at that point. I was more worried about my tailbone, my ankles, and hitting my head like I end- eventually ended up doing. I really should have stomped that, but I couldn't ride away from that. And sure enough, Nijak shows up you know, a couple months or a year later or whenever he did, because I never went back and um, probably did it first try. (laughs) (laughs) That kickflip frontside board, yeah, that that bitch got away from me. (laughs) What's the last new trick you learned? It's kind of stupid, but um, when I was just kind of dancing around on my board in the recent years, I learned how to nollie front crook Frontside shove it. Um, so oh, like, nice. damn. Okay. I believe it. You'd call it a frontside. It's it's not behind you. You like m- hard way shove it. And oh damn. Yeah, I was I was really surprised because I only did it a few times, and I was like, wow, this is surprisingly easy. Hell yeah. Favorite local brand. Skateworks. I mean, I, I mean, if you Sick. if you call that a brand, but like it's. It's it's my Dude. skate shop that uh, I'm true and loyal to. Favorite local skater? Maybe Dave Rosenberg and uh, Mike Madelainen. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Uh, you know, I I don't feel bad saying this now because they, uh, they ended up getting bought out by a huge conglomerate, but uh, I would probably say Oakley just because, like, I never really wore sunglasses, and uh, I gotta say, like, I was really pumped on. They, they, they were all about making the best sunglasses. I'm behind that. That's great. The lenses were great, but man, they looked like shit. They, uh, dude, they were the ugliest sunglasses or glasses I've ever seen, and ugh, yeah, I just, I was like. Dude, you are definitely selling out riding for these guys. Like, this is a fucking sellout play right here. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> so it, it, it just it just didn't feel right, you know, because sunglasses and skateboarding, it just didn't make sense. And uh, it just looking back, I was just like, yeah, that just, that, just, that was just weird. I never wore their product when I was skating ever or even maybe even in between. Like, I just, I didn't wear sunglasses till like seven years ago. I didn't really care to wear sunglasses, you know? I think I also rode for a backpack company called Clive. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure on the, uh, the exact name, but <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're just young and you just ride for brands and dude, it just happens. So I just yeah. remember Oakley because of the big image that they had. I was just like, fuck, this is just so, this is just not me, bro. Like I don't, I carry a backpack more than I do wear sunglasses. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite teammate ever, Ryan Duet. He was uh, a team man. He was my team manager on Element. The biggest heart in the world. Worst teammate ever. We're obviously good now, but uh, I would say travel with Tosh Townen um, was was pretty tough to deal with. <laughs> we just didn't see eye to eye, and 
Yeah, he ended up throwing a bowling ball at my back one time. Oh, <laughs> damn, and, we have uh, that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I wouldn't say he was the best roommate, you know, on trips. <laughs> yeah, bowling ball to the, the back is self-explanatory. Worst teammate, <laughs> worst company. It was just one of those smaller ones like Oakley <laughs> 5 or something like that. There was... Diddy, you know, I'm just going to stick with Oakley. Like, dude, that was a whack-ass company. Right? They, should not have, they should not have ever, have, like, tried to get into skateboarding. Worst trend. I, I would say anything tight, actually. I was not a big fan of that. Dude, tight jeans and tight shirts. Worst style. Trilogy is one of my favorite videos, and I really liked Josh Casper's part. And everyone... Didn't like his style, and I was like, yeah, I guess his style does suck. Like, he, he doesn't really have good style. <laughs> but, dude, I, I thought he fucking killed it in the trilogy part. Like, I was stoked on him, dude. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember, like, I kind of pigeonholed him as, like, oh, that's, that's, that's what bad style is, like, Josh Casper. Last person you want on the sesh? I would say Tosh Town and his... Doubling up. Dude, I... No, like, cause dude, we, we had some beef, dude. Like just, I don't need some bad vibes coming around here. Um, me and him, I, it just, it just sucked because like, dude, we were both young. We we're both trying to like fight for the spotlight at this company. And dude, we just had it in for each other and it just built into this blood. So, um, it wasn't, I mean, that's just like, that's back in the day. I've seen him recently and we're cool, but just back in the day, yeah, it just, yeah, Bob wouldn't want him on the session, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feel you. Feel you. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Colty Bears, aka Coltron3030. I feel like we're such good friends now that I can call you that too, man. It's only fair. Colt Cannon, come on. Colt Say it. Cannon. It's a porn name. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, man. No, I, I appreciate it, guys. You guys uh, are legend, dude. Safer. Whooping my ass, five letters straight. That uh, that hurt. Never forgot that. But uh, did holding my heart. Hey, it was in there. It took thirteen years to overcome that ass whooping. To come <laughs> on the bunt. And the best part is, I'm going to California in two weeks. We can reenact that shit real quick. Oh. You ain't you ain't getting five straight, dude. I'll tell you that much. Oh, I'm going we'll first see. this time, motherfucker. It's all about the rock paper scissors. Then. Hey, you want? I'll get Ryan to fucking go on Instagram Live. Yo, we'll do this shit. We'll Instagram Live this shit, dude. I'll, trust me, you ain't getting five straight. I didn't say you weren't going to win, but you ain't getting five straight. All right. I like it. We'll see. <laughs> cool. Awesome, guys. Welcome back to the post office brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And we have huge news for y'all. Stance Socks is announcing a collaboration with one of our all-time favorite movies, Boys in the Hood. Do yourselves a favor and head down to your local skate shop and grab some before it's too late. If you don't do it for us, do it for Ricky, y'all, who could have been one of the greatest running back prospects of all time. Let's get into these emails, man. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Chris Ashton. First, thank you for the quality pod. I was drawn in because you guys give skaters a platform 
to release some necessary negativity in the rapid fire segment. And I continue to listen because skateboarders have the best stories. Anyway, here's the question. Y'all are real fond of your Pauls, Liliani, Trepanye, and Mock now. But I have to know if you had to pick which one is your favorite and why. It's a tough question because you didn't specify it. Is it favorite skater, favorite person? All around, it seems. Well, if we're going favorite person, uh, I got to go with Liliani. Obviously, you know, yeah. grew up in Toronto with them skating. Nothing but love. You know, smoke them at tennis whenever Woo. I can. It's been a couple of years. And then uh, if we're going favorite skater, fuck, that's that's when it gets tough. That's because the toughest one. I, I feel like me and you, I'm not going to speak for you, but if I had to guess... We're going trip just from it's gotta be trip uh, top dollar top dollar onwards he's oh my in every God. fucking sbc with some new insane sequence or whatever just that night we met him at bata switch backside flipped him back nose blunt dude he's incredible skater obviously like had the talent to be one of the best up there on that travis stanger level for sure for sure if we're talking like legendary status it's gotta be the other paul it's yeah. gotta be mac now yeah. built himself a great career in skateboarding known as a great ambassador of skateboarding in canada done nothing but great things for the skate community for for years Fuck. with mac now though the only thing is that he's so hard to relate to because he's so gnarly mm-hmm. that you know it's more like you're watching like a stunt man oh yeah <laughs> like you're, you're just watching it for that um that shock value um he's one of the gnarliest to ever do it and then Lil Yanni, obviously next level on a board when he was oh really God. going for it. His green apple part doesn't get much better what was than that, that. Video X. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys haven't seen Paul Liliani in Video X, Jesus. So pick one, man. We'll just switch it up and I'll remix the question. Pick one guy you got to go on a on a skate trip with. Who's it gonna be? Definitely not Trep because he's a loose ball. Machnow is gonna take you to some crazy spots. You I know feel what? like okay th- I like that because this way I get to give all three of them that <laughs> my Paul if I have to pick favorite person you know homie T dot homie we'll go with Liliani favorite skater trip and favorite person to go on a trip with is Mac now because the trips we went on back in the day I did some of the scariest tricks I've ever done in my life and it's True. just because he's there and he gives you he gives you this extra you just look over at him and you're like like why am I scared you know like he just gives you this extra confidence so I love for all three I'm definitely not looking to do the scariest tricks in my career at this point <laughs> so I'll go on a trip with Liliani man yeah. let's go alright next up we got an email from Charles Nasby I always think about how talented Canadian legend Ted DeGro was back in the day if you watch his footage from North and his clips in Habitat's Mosaic, his style, tricks, flick, and pop would still hold up by today's standards. His last big part was in the Strange Brew video back in 2008. That part should have launched his career into Sodi Talks, but instead he faded out of the skate scene forever. I think I know why. Because he used the whack-ass radio top 40 bullshit Viva La Vida by Coldplay. I don't know if, if it was him or Curtis Philippone who decided to throw his career under the bus with that track, oh, but I think that's what did it. I would love if you guys got Ted on the podcast so he can explain why the hell he let that horrendous song go with his perfect skating. You can't even find that part online today, probably because YouTube pulled that shit for copyright infringement on that pop song. Curtis, if you're listening, release that raw footage ASAP for the people you dig. 
my question to you guys is are there any video parts that you simply cannot watch because of how bad the song is and should the skater or film or editor have final say on the track used in their part thanks for doing what you guys do keep the steamies cracking and those barns burning god damn poor ted to grow man i don't even remember that that song to be honest i kind of remember but might yeah. have had have been uh it might have just been a mix of the Coldplay track and the No Side 270s, but I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, Ted was fucking next level, though. I think I've, I think we've answered a similar question before, and I'm going to stick with what I said then, which was Chima Ferguson in Since Day One. It was one of those parts I was anticipating so much. You see his ads over the years, and you're just like, I can't wait to see the footy of this. And then that song just really didn't do it for me. I just felt like it, it didn't fit. It was a little too dramatic. Uh, but thankfully, he had the remix, and it was some hip-hop thing. But Chima Ferguson, since day one, was mine. This is a tough question just because, like you said, I think we've already answered it. But I never really remember the songs that I hate. You always tend to remember the songs that you do love. So the first thing that popped in my head was a little bit of a, a backwards answer to this question. So I'm going to go with a skater who attempted to ruin a rapper's career. It's going to be Miles Silvis using Skepta's It Ain't Safe on the Block, one of my favorite tracks by one of my favorite artists, and it was just not the right fit, man. I feel you. I wasn't... It felt forced. It was like that song had come out somewhat recently. Obviously, it was a dope song, but not all songs are meant for video parts, and that one didn't really work. All right, next up, we got an email from Phil Mendelson, a.k.a. Mendel. Whatever happened to that steezy kid from the DC video? I heard he got arrested or something. I think his name was Greg Myers. And for a second question, who do you guys think is going to be the first overall pick in the NFL draft? Well, Phil, to answer part one, I know you haven't been paying attention to skating for a long time, but unfortunately, little Greg Myers, who used to be a fan of Switchback 180 Rinkin, uh, hasn't been doing too well. too well of late. I mean... The last we heard, this is a while ago now, so hopefully he's doing better. But in 2012, he was arrested and charged with attempted carjacking, child abuse, child endangerment, and violation of probation, and two misdemeanor warrants for shoplifting and DUI. It's a laundry list, dog. <laughs> yeah, I guess he like reached into a car, grabbed a 10-year-old, and, and was like, hand over the car to the grandma. Then they just sped off, and then he was like, going through people's backyards and the cops eventually got him sounds like he went through a rough patch and uh hope for hope for nothing but the best but unfortunately we don't uh, there's no uh, oh yeah he's killing it story for you yeah well that was six or seven years ago so hopefully greg is doing better out there and as for your second question who's going to be the first overall pick man cliff clingsbury was on record to say any team who has the chance to draft Kyler Murray should do so. And now, Cliff, you got the number one pick. Kyler Murray's available, so go get your man. That's Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. Damn, Josh Rosen, man. He's going he's gonna to find himself a new home on a new team. Hopefully something like Miami, a team that needs a quarterback. Yeah, real talk. All right, next up, uh, we got an email from Justin David. What's the best thing to get my flick back? Okay, <laughs> so Justin is a Toronto homie who recently rolled his ankle playing basketball for the first time in his life. And here's the thing, Justin, your first ankle roll, don't do what I did back in the day. You got to take this one more serious than any injury ever 
because if you don't, it can become reoccurring. And next thing you know, you're looking like me and Colty Bears with gnarly ankle surgeries. As soon as you feel good enough to skate, I always tell people, take an extra week, maybe even take an extra two weeks off. Look outside. We ain't skating yet. Take your fucking time. And I know you can play basketball already and kind of like on one foot, but that's, <clears throat> I don't even think you should be doing that. And to get your flick back because it's such different range of motion to do a kickflip than to run up and down the court, get yourself a TheraBand and a balancing board. And when you're watching TV, watching basketball, just stand on the balancing board. Get the gray TheraBand, the one with the most resistance. I'll come over and show you myself. I want you to be 100% for this summer and not to have ankle issues. So get a TheraBand and a balancing board. Maybe even pay for one physio lesson and get them to give you like a two-month plan just so you have exercises uh, that you can do all summer. You got to take it serious, man. It's no joke. And I know, I know every skater's instinct is to start skating as soon as they possibly can, but that's the one thing you probably shouldn't do. And the one thing you should do is work on your switch flick, dog, because that's the problem. <laughs> I told him that the other day. Fucking get your switch flips popping. Yeah. If you're going to skate, at least you can get better at switch. Oh, you're good at switch. You just can't switch flip for shit. Fucking nasty. We'll get you on the pod, though. Like you said, Justin David, the goat. Man. Oh, yeah. And he, he ended the his email with um, when... Does Justin David, the GOAT himself, get an interview? Hey, dog, we want to we see something. You got to perform. The listeners need to know who you are before you get an interview. How about that? Just like they know who we are, dog. That's how we got here. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. It's the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. And shit went absolutely haywire in the NFL this week. And a move we didn't expect coming out of the Giants. They should have traded someone else. But OBJ found himself a new home in the dog pound, baby. Woo! Pack your bags, Donald. We're going to Cleveland next year. It ain't that far. Can't wait. They got fucking top dudes at every position now. Well, maybe not in Joku, but he's got got the ability to get there. Top five type of steez. OBJ, no question. Kareem Hunt. I mean, obviously we're not fans anymore like we were with the domestic shit, but regardless, he's top five at his position, I would say. Unfortunately. Forget forget Kareem Hunt. They got Nick Chubb, baby. He's doing his thing. Going over 100 guaranteed. Now, Jarvis Landry, (laughs) Baker Mayfield. They better do the reality show on them again this year. Run it back. Do it again. Yeah, their defense was already stout last year, too. Yeah, I know. I love how they did the fucking... What's that show called? Hard Knocks. Yeah, fuck. One year too early. Damn. So what are the realistic expectations for the Browns? Are they going to leapfrog the Steelers, the Ravens? Are they going to take the division? Fuck, man. They're they so- were once the laughing stock of the division, man. Of that the, was guaranteed of the NFL, two wins. Of the NFL. You know, Steelers and Ravens are like two easy wins every year. Let's go. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know what to expect from the Steelers this year. I don't know what kind of moves they might make, but I don't know. The Ravens looking good. They're on the up and up, but I think the Ravens and Browns might be at the top, but it's one thing to have a blessed team on paper. We got to see what it looks like, but I feel like there's no denying Baker with those weapons. Ooh. Oh my And their God. defense was already just about to get dangerous, baby. Speaking of the Ravens, they uh, saw the Browns improving, decide to make a move themselves. Went out and signed Mark Ingram. What do you think about the deal? You're just excited that Kamara's a free man, aren't you? Free Kamara. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah. Uh, 
But no, I mean, from a fantasy perspective and a real life perspective, good for both. It's good for both of them. I know Ingram and Kamara were like best buds. Yeah, really wanted the best for each other, but now they'll get to do it as the the feature back on their teams. So uh, happy! For, I'm sure they're both happy. Yeah, they're gonna miss each other, but it seems like a good deal for everyone. Yeah, I heard the Saints did offer Mark Ingram a contract, but he decided he wanted a little bit more and. To own his own backfield, you know? Hey, good for him, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking NFL careers are short. Get that money. You can go party with the Saints when you're all retired in <laughs> fucking not that long. So from some fantasy studs to a fantasy dud and a fantasy unicorn, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, that is, traded to the Titans, and Fitz Magic has become the Dolphins quarterback, man. What's a worse move? Oh, my God. Both those names just don't spark any sort of excitement <laughs> for any fans. Like, it's just one of those things where you got one of those franchises like the Dolphins, and you're just waiting for that next disappointing signing. Oh. It didn't take them long to uh, replace a bum with a bum with a little more flash. I've read on Twitter, some guy quoted, I can't wait for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the best fantasy quarterback for three games next season. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. Guaranteed. I wonder that that makes me just think about when Jameis Winston. They're running with them, yeah. unless they go out and draft someone. It seems like Jameis Winston's going to get his shot again with Mike <laughs> Evans. So yeah, fuck. man, he couldn't make it work with Deshaun Jackson. Now Deshaun Jackson is back in Philly with my man Wentz. I'm excited about that one. That's another team where I have no idea what to expect this year. Obviously, they got rid of their safety valve. Nick Foles. Mm-hmm. They had to. Wentz's body's going to have to hold up. <laughs> you know it's saying? always something breaking down, man. The weapons around them, I don't know, man. It was just like a magical stretch two years ago with Wentz, and it just hasn't looked the same since. MVP candidate. You know what? It was the exact same as Derek Carr two years past two. Both yeah. those guys just came on the scene, absolutely destroyed it, and now fighting for their lives. Let's um, move over to the NBA and let's talk about the LA Clippers staying hot. Lou Will from deep three to end the game last night, Sunday night. Woo, man, they, they won't quit, man. They're fucking... It was like they played the, their mirror team in the East, mm-hmm. the team that wasn't expected to do much, but they just play their asses off every night. Came down to the wire, as you would expect. Amazing game. And shout out to Joel Scullard because Lou Williams' last rebound eliminated Ronan from our fantasy playoffs. That's disrespectful. (laughs) Speaking of failure, LeBron failed on the biggest stage in basketball, Madison Square Garden. And who the hell did he get blocked by in the last second? Mario Azonia. He made that man a star. Poor LeBron, dog. Your stock is plummeting. Bro, Azonia is one of those random dudes who might pop for, you know, have a nice 17 point game like he did yesterday or he might just disappear from the box score altogether for three months but his confidence never disappears same homie who dunked earlier in the season Giannis tried to block it fell on the ground and then stepped over him oh i don't know if you remember that no. and then Giannis is like if he tries that again i'm gonna kick him in the balls <laughs> he was pissed oh man the, the memes were popping yesterday so i saw so many of the is this your king no <laughs> From uh, That's not good. Black Panther with Hazonia's face over Michael B. Jordan. Oh, my God. Shout out to you, Hazonia. Nothing better than seeing the king on his back after getting blocked Dude. to win the game. You know, he you know he was so hyped oh, he thought for it that was moment. Easy. He's like, oh, Hazonia's on me? I'm taking this shit to the hole. Yeah. Oh, 
But DeAndre was even coming over to help, and he didn't even need to, man. Amazing. Amazing play. Speaking of New York, we're going to wrap up the post office with one question to you. Rumors that KD and Kyrie are linking up and going to New York, and we're talking about two guys who are pretty soft in the media right now, and they can't take it. Are they going to be able to survive in New York City? Yeah, I've seen that chirp. Charles Barkley said that. It's a good point, man. They're both so sensitive with the media in their face. I feel like with Kyrie, when they're losing, he's real sensitive. Mm-hmm. And now that they've been winning a bit, he's loving it. He's oh, yeah. so into the interviews. And, oh, you know, it starts with me. I hate when players say that. Like, he's in such a fragile locker room and he keeps putting himself on this pedestal of, like, mm-hmm. I'm the leader. And he's always saying, it starts with me and my guys. And it's just like, yo, shut the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. No, seriously. I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't... He left LeBron in Cleveland to be a leader. I just don't think he's doing the greatest job, to be honest. So having KD, that ain't going to help. We're talking about a guy who claims he created a burner account so he could talk to his friends. What do you think the match of them will do with the media in New York? I think it's going to be, if they're winning, it's going to be good. But as soon as there's some controversy, both those dudes like to fucking get real defensive. So mm-hmm. the, if that happens, I mean, it's a huge if. It'll be the league's favorite team. Like, you know, the, the, the traveling circus yeah. that is the Warriors or whoever's killing it. Like any LeBron team is always a traveling circus. It's going to be those guys. Fortunately for them, they are Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. So... I think they'll be able to string some wins together. Yeah, for sure. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up this week's episode. Thank y'all for listening. Wait, Catch wait, you wait. next week. Wait, any any Leafs update for the hockey people out there? Man, the Leafs have given up like 30-plus goals in the last week. The defense is looking absolutely terrible. Gareth Sparks, our backup goaltender who gets shelled weekly, is talking about we need toughness in our goddamn dressing room. It ain't looking good, man. I'm waiting for some good news to give y'all. But it looks like we're going to be linking up with Boston again, and they got to find some toughness real soon. In the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Fuck. Back to back, baby. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So like I said, we'll catch y'all next week. Peace.